What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Win Win of Fat. Look, I don't even know how to like really properly introduce you because I'm so excited right now. I don't even know what to do with my hands. I have no idea. The spoken word poet herself, the PWC queen in Virginia, Miss <laughs> Kim Miller. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. We're about to turn it up a few notches. Our yeah. previous conversation, I think it went on for like close to two hours. Yes, easily. We had a blast. I was like, man, I feel like I'm talking to like my, like, I don't know, maybe I guess you were my sister in a past life. <laughs> I was like, what's happening right now? Like I looked up and it's like, why is it dark? <laughs> well, I luckily for myself, when they, when my team scheduled certain meetings, when I have with people that are, you know, of course, you know, me, me having my first point of contact, I, I really get into the person's story. So I know exactly what I need to extract to get to the listeners. And because, you know, I can have a show and great, they, they, they show up for me, but they stay for you guys. And I, because, you know, that's the whole idea behind podcasting is sharing that message and tapping into the true essence of an individual. So I, I'm, I've been looking forward to this ever since our last conversation. There's so much that we can kind of go into and there's so many accomplishments. We're not going to leave with a bunch of accolades and all the things you have accomplished. I feel like, you are a reflection of the decisions and choices that led you to this present moment, and you're going to manifest and keep moving. So obviously from New York originally, moved to Virginia, great things. If someone walked up to you in Virginia and just happened to, I guess, get you, they get your attention and you kind of get a lock eyes for a second. I'm like, man, like Kim, like, what do you do for a living? Like introduce yourself. Like how do you go about answering that for someone? Because I don't, I was, I'm, I'm really curious about your answer because there's a, when you say poet, po people think, oh, you got to read off of, you know, but a spoken word poet is different. It's high cues and all kind of crazy stuff. And it's, which I love because right. you know me. So yeah. how do you kind of like describe what you do for a living? I, I tell people a couple of things. I would say I touch people with words. Mm -hmm. I paint pictures with words. I feed people who didn't know they were hungry. Ooh, 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 say it again. Say it again. I love this. <laughs> I feed people who didn't know they were hungry. Mm. That hit home. That hit home. Because sometimes you don't know what you really need until you get it. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. You got a little taste. Mm -hmm. I like that. Go elaborate a little bit more on that. Love this. So here's the thing. People sometimes think they know what they need or think they know what they want, but since they haven't done any self-evaluation, they really don't know. How can you mm -hmm. fix something unless you know it's broken or mm -hmm. needs attention? So I'll say a poem and then I'll see people like, wait a minute. And some people actually, cause you know, in poetry and spoken word, people say stuff out loud. So sometimes someone will say out loud, you know, as a joke, y'all feel attacked. You know, they don't actually feel attacked. That means I, I got them. Mm -hmm. Or they'll say, hmm, or you see people just like, literally put their hand on their face and start tapping. Yeah. Well, you just know that you've connected with that person with something that either they went through, their friend went through, they're going through, they didn't examine something. And that's the beauty. That's what I love about poetry. You can just touch people without touching them. Right. I love that you just mentioned that, especially when you're speaking on stage and you're speaking to a room, you're moving people. And most people think, motivation to make a motivational speaker or someone that's in that type of, I guess, situation and what they're supposed to do. Like when I go on shows where I'm going and speaking in front of a room, I'm not speaking to them. I'm speaking through them. Yes. And I'm seeing who picks up what I'm saying. 
Exactly. And then I'm going to drop an anchor on that. I'm like, I'm going to circle back here in a minute. <laughs> I'm going to come back to that one. And I'm going to try to move the crowd and try to get them all on an even, an even playing field. And then from there, I know that I'm tapped into the energy. And mm. now I'm going to raise it. Exactly. And poet, you spoken poet, you know, spoken word poets do that extremely well in using your emotional intelligence and picking up on energy without actually seeing what's happening. Perfect meaning. Perfect. Exactly right. I couldn't have put it better myself. And, and if you if you get it, which I know you do, mm -hmm. feel the energy in the room. And I noticed for some people, you're like, well, talking that mumbo jumbo, you don't feel no energy. There's no such, it really is such a thing. And if you don't get it, that's part of the problem. Yeah. Give off an energy that explains how they're doing, what's bothering them, how their day is going before they even say a word, their energy tells you mm -hmm. how they are. And when you say something, you can see sometimes, sometimes it's actually physical. Sometimes you just feel the effect that you've had on someone in the room. And you can see when you're on a stage, as Chris described, like part of the audience is like, you can see this, this part of the room is like, got it. And mm -hmm. somebody's over here is like, mm, nah, that wasn't for me. Yeah. Okay, let me work on this side of the room because I got I, I need the whole room yeah. to go with me on this journey. I need right. everybody. Right, because it's not the energy is not going to recycle unless I get people on the same, obviously, wavelength. Yes. Because I can't, I can't turn it up a couple notches. And most people go, like, how do you, are you able to do that? Like, man, it, <laughs> I was never taught this. I learned this years ago with my older sister and speaking intuitively and learning energy and reading, engaging energy. Until I got to a certain age, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> now I know where I got that from. Yeah. So like, well, how do you, I'm, I was actually talking to a friend of mine through like audio note and mentioning, like, is we, what is it? here in London, they call it a tube, not mm -hmm. a subway. Right. So when I'm, I'm, I love like public transportation. I love like going on the tube or well, the subway to me. So when I go into a, a train station and of course you have all the cabs, well, I don't look at for the cab, how many people are inside a certain cab. I feel the energy. <laughs> I literally feel the energy, but I'm more conscious of it now because I know that something's off here. I'm just going to go over here, <laughs> but right. I have to be, that's like, you mentioned something, self-evaluation mm -hmm. and investigation, like cultivation of silence and cultivation of self-discovery set me free. Yes. Set me free in order to change anything in life. You need to first evaluate what's happening and that's internal dialogue. Yes, man, man. Oh man. Oh, we're going to have some fun on this one. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about that internal dialogue just for a few moments. Okay. At a very young age, I'm sure that you, when you started getting to a certain age, you're like, wait a minute, I have a gift and I know how to tap into this gift. When was that for you? I really, I, it's a good question because I, I thought about this after I watched your video and I look back and I said, okay, Kim, let's, let's backtrack. And when did you, I think it was really high school because I'll okay. tell you a quick incident in high school. So there was a, I don't even remember the story, but one person, lady, girl did something and everybody decided they weren't going to speak to her. And I said, okay, I'm not speaking. I'm like, why am I not speaking to her? She didn't do anything to me. So I kept speaking to her. Anyway, years later, as an adult, I ran into her and she goes, you have no idea how much it meant that when people turned their back on me, you did. Mm. You don't know what you, you are touching people every day and they are solidifying things you do in their heart. So be mindful of that. 
because people think, oh, it's just that I just yelled. Oh, I just such and such. And you're human. No one's asking you to be perfect. But understand that you are a domino in this game of life. And every time you touch another domino, you leave a lasting effect. 100%. 100%. People don't. Well, here's a problem with society nowadays. And thank you for sharing that. Because you actually you triggered something in my brain from years, years ago. My grandmother used to always say, if you leave a smile on someone's face, there's a good chance that person is going to transfer that into someone else. Yes. And you don't realize that how powerful your subconscious mind is. Mm. I haven't, I mean, I couldn't, of course, I can, I can literally hear her saying that. Right. Of course, the older she got, <laughs> she's like, I don't give a shit about it. She got dementia, <laughs> right? So, but it's all good. But she was a, just an amazing soul. I, I just had an amazing opportunity of being able to be raised right next door for my, with my grandparents. And that was a generation of last, what I call the last gentleman ever mm -hmm. back in the twenties. Mm -hmm. So during that era, and I, I was just a sponge and I don't realize how much I picked up from them. And my dad was always working and my mom. And of course my older sister, you know, my story yes. But when there's been certain times in my life where as long as I was tapped into me, and what I want to do, and if I choose happiness over everything, I'm always going to be aligned. Because mm -hmm. it's hard if you start making money, like good money. Right. And you're like, okay, well, I'll keep doing this because I'm going to keep making money. Well, then once you get to a certain level, then you're like, you, you end up being bought into the identity of being successful. And you're not tapped into your true essence of who you are. And the more, the more that I become unaligned is when I'm chasing things. Yeah. I'm not attracting things into my life and being patient. Yes. And it sounds like to me, that's when you started discovering that it's okay. I need to be at ease. And I just, I feel it. I don't need to like think it. I just feel it first. Mm -hmm. Then I put the intention behind it. Exactly. Exactly. And it's about knowing and listening to you, the inner you. And once you get into yourself and, and what we're talking about i know it sounds like oh, yeah, that's like, what are they talking about yeah <laughs> no we're talking about actually taking some time with you about you for you so that when someone comes and says something see right now if someone comes and tells you blah 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 you take it as truth then you start trying to correct that truth even though it may not be your truth uh -huh. you know your truth you know who you are when someone comes and tells you something that is untrue you say well that's their perception now you have to look and see are you getting off that perception because you mm. can't just erase everything if 100 people come to you and say i see this in you it may not be you but it may be something you're you're giving off so yeah. you may need to I like that may need to adjust but it doesn't mean you own it ownership is the problem we take everybody or everybody else's words and start owning it, living off of what their truth is. Don't ever realize our own truth. Realize we're not aligned. Don't want to get back in the line because it'd be too much work. It's easier to do. Comfort is the enemy of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. Truth. Preach. <laughs> Preach. Man. Somebody, my mom told me that when I was younger. She's like, you're going to end up being a preacher one day. And I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like, you better watch it, mom. Like, so <laughs> preacher of what? So, but it's kind of like true though. Like it's now like what I do for a living is I, I'm, I feel like I, I yell through people, but I'm not yelling through them. As you can tell towards the end of a speech or towards something, I'm not talking about them, 
who I'm speaking to is the old version of myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to spark their interest and want them to feel the pain. Mm-hmm. And I want to see how much you can, how much you can take. Like I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a very religious individual. I'm sure yep. obviously you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously in the Bible, in the Quran, whatever people believe it's in there. It's in the spoken word. Yeah. It's in there. The more that you're in that surefire, in that hell, in the fight chaos, mm-hmm. if you ask to be taken out, he'll take you out. Yes. But those he looks out for those who can sit there in chaos and feel that fire. Mm-hmm. I built my life around that fire. I'm willing to be over the other end of that line because I feel that I'm strong enough to take it. Yes. And then I'm able to come out the fire and be able to show people, listen, this is what happens if you keep going down this path. So when I'm talking and I'm speaking to people, and it changes for every individual and every crowd, people say, I want to hire you to come speak on this topic. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to, I might start off that way. (laughs) Once the room starts telling me they need something else, that's where I'm going. Exactly. And that's why I love that when you said, I feed those who never thought they were hungry. I'm going to give, I'm going to speak truth to you today. Yes. Sometimes I say that. I'm not sure if it was the training. Well, not the training, but the event, virtual event that I sent you. That's how we got connected. Man, listen, I'm I'm, going to speak truth and I'm going to identify your illusion. Exactly. And whatever you're right. And it's delusional. So, right. And I love that when you said it, because I believe sales is just like this. It's painting the picture. And I use a lot of analogies for you to see it through your own lens. Mm -hmm. And I see you do that a lot with your framework. Talk to me about why analogies are important for them to see it the way that you're using your words. I think it's perfect for poetry because if you say it in a word in a way that's an analogy, everybody gets the food they need. If I mm-hmm. say too exact, oh, that was meant for so and so in this particular situation. For instance, I'll do um, short haiku. And Please. haikus are short poems, seventeen syllables. Traditional ones are nature and flowers. Untraditional ones are senryu are not on nature and flowers. They still have to be 17 syllables. Just a short version. Haiku. Just because they're in your nest, that does not mean they want to see you fly. What does that mean? Sometimes the people closest to you are not the ones who want to see you fly and not the ones that want to see you get there or not the way it could be a family, it could be a friend. Now, if I had said that, your friend doesn't want to see you succeed. Mm-hmm. Too direct. Too direct. Because then the people who have family members would have been like, well, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Or the people who have people close to them who are not related to them, that's not me. So the point is in the analogy or the entendre or the poem is to get you to see yourself in the situation. And mm-hmm. when people get what it's about, they all, I see different people going, oh, yes, yes. Oh, you just touched on something so powerful. And I don't think I've ever thought about it this way. When you're framing it that way and you're using your words for them to put themselves in that situation, that's human nature. Yes. It's human nature. What you're doing, you're preventing that human nature from happening. You're blocking them from experiencing the joy or whatever that true message was. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it that way, but you just hit something. I was like, whoa, we're on to something. <laughs> okay. So God, I never thought about, okay, you're just, you're stopping in the inevitable. So sometimes people are attracting and wanting things in life, but not by their actions or inactions. It's by their true essence of them as an individual. 
-hmm. and I can read that through their aura. Yes. I'm like, whoa, something's up. Like, man, I'm like, so when I see like people, and you probably see this a lot on social media. (laughs) I don't know. I don't want to be rude, but so say for instance, there's a a woman. It could be a guy too. Did you tell the hurt? Yes. Hurt by the other sex. Yes. Okay. In a relationship, and they're just dumping all their trash and just trashing and, and, and just whatever. And then the next person comes along, then they're the happiest person in the world. Yes. <laughs> and if you give them about two or three months, you see the pattern, boop, same thing. I don't know why I keep tracking the same. I don't know why I keep having this. Why does this happen to me? Cause you're doing it to yourself, man. Exactly. Exactly. You know, what you don't change, you choose. Ex- oh, that's a word. Say that again. What you don't change, you choose. You choose it. You're holding on to it. Why? Thank you. That's not even your story. That's not even you. Like these clothes, these watches, it's just like apartment. None of that. I can't take none of this with me. Mm -hmm. It's just a part of my journey. But if you're, if you're in a situation and you choose, it's a choice. Yes. You choose to keep feeling what you feel. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay for you to stay that way every day. Exactly. And to look for someone else to blame. Right. Oh, this person, this person. I could have easily 494 days ago. <laughs> exactly. And every one of them gets easier. Right. But I still feel the pain. I still feel and I choose mm-hmm. because I'm shedding the layers. Because when I get back to a certain area in a certain environment, they might, whoever, whomever in that situation, might be really in love with that version of who they thought they yeah. seen. But that one's not even, I don't know who that is. So what you're talking about is not me. So it is what it is. But I choose to lean in every day because it's only going to equip me on what I need to do moving forward. Exactly. So whatever you don't change, you're, you're, you're picking up and you're choosing to like stay there. Exactly. You're choosing to stay there and you're choosing to blame the other person for decisions you made. Right. You made that decision. No one put me in that, in that position. I put myself there. Right. That's the accountability piece that most people are holding on to. Mm-hmm. Like they get caught in those three conversations, egotistical yep. point of view and yep. the emotional. And yeah. it's all like jumbled up in there in their head. And they're like, oh, what the hell's going on? So that's how I look at a crowd. Mm-hmm. Where, where are the conversations going on right now? Right. And these conversations, I need to figure out, okay, how can I diffuse these conversations where I'm only going to dump into something that is actually going to, that has the capacity now to withstand the energy. Mm-hmm. And if, they, if it doesn't, then I'm not going to pour into that because I trust my, I trust my gut. Yes. So I might pour a little bit in and I'm like, ah, and they ain't ready yet. I'll come back to you. Uh-huh. And, and that's what I love about the, the haikus and the stuff you do because it's only seven, 17 syllables, which I didn't know this, 17 syllables. And you're dropping in enough to see uh-huh. the reaction. Yes. And then you're like, okay, let me reevaluate and let's change the, Let's change my approach. Mm-hmm. Love this. Wow. Keep going. Keep going. Please keep going. <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> about this. <laughs> What I'll do with chemism is those are just my sayings. No, so. right. The chemism. Uh, the chemism. <laughs> <laughs> Some people be like, that's so unique. I'm like, no, it's not. I have to call them something. It's not unique. So mm-hmm. Okay, so this one is really, st- I, I, I say this really often. Nobody can make you happy 
and people always stop. That always that's a stopper, which is its point. They can make you happier, but they cannot give you joy. That's your job for you to have with you. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem because when they leave, your happiness leave. It was never their job to make you happy. Right. It was their job to add to your happiness. Mm-hmm. So haiku. If you give them the key to your joy, when they leave, they can take the lock. Hmm. Stop giving someone your everything. If you make someone your everything, that makes you nothing. It's so true. It's so true. And that's any relationship. It's not like a a spouse, like a um, a love relationship. That could be just a relationship in, in your surroundings. Yes. When I see people... You know, man, it's so funny. I was, I love stand up comedians. That's where I, I've, I learned a lot about framing, anchoring, and framing. Mm-hmm. Watching Cat Williams, he's like, Man, if your birthday is <laughs> an older one, so forgive me if I've, I've messed it up. I'm paraphrasing here. He's like, If you birthday and you invite me to the same place in the same time, in the same year, in the same whatever, I ain't going. That means you haven't involved. Like, that means you haven't moved up. <laughs> it's so true, though. That's a good point. <laughs> that is a really good point. Like, well, what are you doing for your birthday today? I'm like, I'm going to Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, right. great. So what are you doing next year? I went to Chuck E. Cheese. That means you didn't progress at all in life. Thank you. What happened? Right. There's no progression. Right. So here's a, not right. <laughs> right, exactly. So here's the problem. They don't even identify that they did the same thing. No. Mm-mm. They're so reactive in life. So like let's let's peel back and I'm gonna keep going back and forth with this because I think it's so it's so powerful. There's a lot of things that you've accomplished. Um, there's man, I got, there's a whole list. And I'm not gonna like waste everyone's time and going through the whole thing and hurting your ears because I <laughs> I do that out of respect because I can't stand when people do that to me. Yeah, it's not about that. So in your life, in your life, and in your career and what you do, what are you the most proud of? Do you think? Oh, I'm definitely the most proud of touching people. Mm-hmm. When people come up to me after an event or they text me or whatever, and they say, you touched me, that changed my life. I never thought about it that way. That blows my, obviously that's the point. But when you actually get to hear it, because we know we do this in a room often, mm-hmm. but we don't always get to hear it. Some no. people leave change, but they don't tell us. That's That's fine. But every once in a while, when someone comes and tells you, hmm. I remember one particular situation I had written a poem about after suicide and I wasn't going to do it. And I'm a Christian. Don't worry for those of you thinking I'm not that one. That, I'm not the crazy, you know, don't worry. <laughs> and it's like, tell me, I have to do the disclaimer now because we've gone. Nuts. You, you, yeah. We, we've gotten to an age right now. It <laughs> makes it really difficult to say, speak your mind. Right. Because you know, Oh, you're going to hell. You know, I don't, I can speak with Christians all day. Don't tell people they go going to hell unless you written out your house. Stop. hundred percent. I'm like, like, listen, be careful what you ask for, sir, <laughs> ma'am. Like, don't be telling me, tell me about like my relationship with my God. Thank you. It's the most important thing to me. I don't care about your opinion about my relationship. <laughs> Thank you. You we're know not, what I mean? We're not voting on my relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Whose relationship you've been voting on, but mine is, it's, it's not, it's not a voting year. Thank you. Right. I mean, you're doing what God's telling you to do. You ain't got no room for those conversations. <laughs> Exactly. Nor to even entertain. So mm-hmm. stop arguing people who ain't looking for explanations. Exactly. And they don't have, they actually don't even, you don't even know if there's actually even an argument. Exactly. You wasting time. You're not arguing. You're wasting time. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I did this poem about after suicide and I wasn't going to read it, but I, you know, got divine. You need to read it for this particular event. And of course, you know, 
me. I'm not reading it. Okay, long story short, I read it. And I normally don't ask, but I was like, if this poem was for you, if you wouldn't mind giving me a hug, you don't have to say something if you don't want to. I'll get the message that it was for you. So now poets are big huggy heads anyway, for those of you who don't know. But one lady gave me an especially long hug and I knew it was for her. She didn't say a word. So that's when it was just, I was really glad I listened first of all. So follow the voice, listen to that internal dialogue. You are gonna be helping some, but I didn't wanna, okay, so what? Mm -hmm. So I don't wanna do that poem. I don't wanna say that speech. I don't wanna say that line. I don't wanna talk about, it's not about you. Yeah, that's the issue. I was about to say that. Like, you're, you're focused on you. This is bigger than you. Yes. Get out of your own way. Stop. And if you fall, chemism. Sometimes you fall to show someone else how to get up. <laughs> oh man, I could. I swear, I could talk to you forever. Uh, you know, I. I just. I don't know. Like, I mean, the whole thing is when you're. When I'm. Get, I get a chance to meet some astounding people, and I'm such a blessed individual. And, I, and I'm grateful for all of it, even all the lessons and all the hardship. Yes. I look at them as lessons. I'm like, man, I'm just so grateful. I said that to somebody the other day. I'm like, man, it's, I don't know how you've been able to do what you do. And I'm like, man, I'm just so grateful for it. I'm just I'm like, I feel so powerful. Yes. I'm so freaking powerful. Like, I feel like I, I can do anything I want to do. Like, doesn't matter. So when somebody's getting in a way of themselves, I'm like, I, I, I literally have a physical reaction. I'm like, yes. listen. I don't know how you get motivated <laughs> normally, but I'm about to turn it up a couple notches if you're I'll ready. Tell it. I'm like, and then everybody, raise your hand if you really want me to give you the real version. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, I'll wait. Right. I'm waiting for the hands to go up <laughs> and jumping in. But so, go, give me some more chemism. I love this stuff. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, this one is going to be a chemism and a haiku. Your biggest competition is you, haiku. If you are not racing against yourself, then you are on the wrong track. Stop making it about so-and-so is doing such and such, but what are you supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. I hate when people say, comparison, oh, this is like my biggest, ugh, comparison is the thief of joy. No, you're the thief of joy. Comparison is a thing. You are the one comparing someone who you have no knowledge of you've had this whole perception you built this whole life for this person in your head that is not true that does not exist for that individual and you're competing against this fake fictitious story you've built up in your head instead of working on your journey where you could be further along Ooh, i was actually on a live oh my gosh this is so great i don't even know how this happened wow i was actually on a live and i was asking it was a panel mm-hmm and then they were asking questions. It was time for those questions. And someone was trying to, they were trying, I'm not indirectly saying that I, I, I made a sexist comment, which I never do. Right. And I was like, well, I, was, I was like, you know, to be honest with you, forgive me if you took it that way. It was never my intention. And there's people right. in here who would vouch for obviously my character. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I'm obviously not in a battle or on trial for my character because it doesn't really matter to me how you took it i just i feel bad that you did take it this way right. but when you come up to when you sign up for a platform for you to get attention that's what social media is in the first place right and then you come here and i'm able to ask questions and just because i'm sharing something with you that struck a nerve that's a you issue that's not a me issue right 
and you come here seeking validation and you show up to a platform that you already, I mean, I don't know, did you put in your username and password and all that stuff? You just, it was a decision. Yes. She was like, yeah. And I was like, listen, I'm not, again, I can definitely tell even through this live that you are getting, you know, caught in your own emotions here. And I want you to say, like, listen, take the guard down. Your flight of flight's kicking in. It's giving you a right, wrong chemical in your brain and what you're trying to, what I'm trying to help you with. Right. When you sign up for something like this and you you get a little bit more smoke than you actually thought you were going to get, that's not my problem. Right. That means I'm touching something. I'm, right. I'm the button that you've been hiding and you, you're trying to figure out how I found it. Right. So I said, so what you need to do is from this conversation, go into the four A's. And that's what I was talking about a lot. And I talk a lot about this. Mm-hmm. One, you need to be aware of what's happening. Yes. Inside the true essence of you. Mm-hmm. Not what's happening on the exterior world. What's happening in here. Mm -hmm. Once you identify some areas of opportunity for you, then you can accept the actions and inactions that led you to you becoming aware and woke. Mm -hmm. From there, you need to stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. Mm -hmm. Stopping the bleeding just cuts off all supply in all areas of entry, and that's where you can start putting those boundaries to your internal dialogue. It's like building a house. Exactly. Then you can start coming up with the right, forming the right plan and action strategies to move in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Then from there, you just gonna be, hold yourself accountable to it. Exactly. It's really not complex. People make it so difficult. However, there were times in my life, and I'm sure there were times in your life. Oh, yes. Where I fell out of alignment. (laughs) Absolutely. We're human. Yes. We're human. So, like, what were some of those times for you that you kind of, like, fell a little out of alignment? And I'm sure you discovered so much growth during those times. But share with the listeners a little bit more and let let them know that we're not, I guess, super women or superman and superwoman. Oh, absolutely not. And... For instance, when I went for Poet Laureate the first time, I did not get it. And people assume, oh, you, you everything you go. Okay, here's, here's the, let me, let me. Ugh. Just because you see someone who has succeeded in a certain area doesn't mean they were always successful. Mm-hmm. I am a poet. I, I submit stuff all the time. I get turned down all the time. No, we don't want that poem. That poem's not right for us, blah, blah, blah. I get more turned downs when I'm submitting than I do yeses. So I went for... Um, tried to be, they have a contest, haiku contest, competition. I went to the national, didn't get past the first round. Went to a regional, a huge regional contest. I ended up winning that. And when I went for Poet Laureate the first time, they weren't interested. And instead of me going, wow, let me, you know, just keep doing, I was like, well, I'm not doing it again. You know, I became, I'm not doing it again. And that's mm. what we all do because we're trying to protect ourselves from the hurt of the no. That the, the no does not equal failure, by the way. The no equals just that, no. And that's something, that's step one, understanding the no is a no. The no is not a failure. Because if every no is a failure, then you're beating yourself up. 100%. The example I use all the time is, I said, um, LeBron is a failure. And I'll say that to argue with people. We all know he is no near. And I'm like, then they start that, yeah, he is no. You're talking about his five, you know, I don't know how many rings he has because I'm not a basketball person. I think he has four. He has four. Okay. He has four. He has four. I think it's four. Four? Is it four? I don't know. I lost count. Yeah. I mean, 
My son would kill me for not knowing this answer, by the way. But moving on. <laughs> he has four rings. He's he's really that. I said, but he hasn't won every game. So what? He has four rings. He's a champion. He's go so why are you so quick to beat yourself up every time you have a bump in a road or you haven't been successful? That's true. If he can lose games and championships and can still be considered a champion or possibly the GOAT, if not the GOAT, one of the GOATs, how come you give up when you hit a little bump in the road? That's what I was doing. I was like, well, they don't want me poet laureate, so I'm just not going to. I'm not going to. Most people don't know this about LeBron James since we're on this topic. That he invests over a million dollars into his health. Yes. Let that sink in for a second. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate sacrifice. And he's not doing that to win the game. No. It's a lifestyle. Yes. When you shift your mind from I'm trying to get <laughs> to what I'm trying to receive, you never have to ask for anything. You claim it. I affirm every morning. Mm-hmm. I, have, I, I say thank you like it's already showed up in my life. Yeah. Like, I thank you so much. Yes. Because I know I deserve it. I know it's already mine. Yes. It's already mine. I appreciate the setbacks. And then I'm looking forward to any more challenges. Like, I, I walk in, I'm like, just, I, bring it. <laughs> bring it. There's some days I'm like, oh, just bring it a little bit. <laughs> just <laughs> dial it down, my friend. <laughs> I got a funny relationship with God, you know, so I'm funny. If I talk to him like he's my friend. Like, listen, man, I know what you're trying to get me to do. Right. I know what you're trying. I'm not falling for it this time. <laughs> not going to do it. I know it. She's really attractive. Not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> but keep it moving. <laughs> All right. So... <laughs> Because <laughs> you know it is. Sometimes you catch you. He always brings it to you in a weak moment. And you're like, nah, no. Nope, uh -uh. So, but I tried because I, I, I put in the work. And you taking that time and you don't make something. You're okay. It what you're doing is you're focusing on something so small of an accomplishment. That was just a pebble over top yes. of a pebble. Yes. I look back at my life and, and my gives my it makes my heart shake. It's like, man, I was like, I just wish I can go talk, talk to myself. Like, listen, bro, you need to lock it up. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on in there, but you got to figure it out. I'm your future self. And yes, I'm a bad mother trucker. Exactly. <laughs> so you better figure it out. So, but then again, you know, you have to have those tough conversations. And yeah. of course, everybody's different. Most people. And of course, I'm very kind to myself. I don't want to make it like give off the impression because that's important yes it's not you're not being self selfish you're be, it's selfless yes when so you when you make that conscious decision i'm going to figure out me because whatever's happening right now you have to look at the deciding factors and the compound effect and there's a common denominator at some point some people go i don't know i keep dating all these crazy people it might be you <laughs> it might be you but my problem was i never showed up all the way never showed up have mm -hmm. you ever fell into that kind of like void oh definitely or oh, i over showed up oh yeah that's I, over delivering yeah me oh, too. Yeah, i'm gonna make it work you know you know he's not such and such but once i do such and such this will turn into such and such no no because he is who he is i was the i was the the fixer i'm the fixer 
Uh, newly married husband. That's what I call a fixer. Yeah, the fixer. I, I can make this work because I'll do this and then that result will end with him doing this. No, it won't. It won't. And not saying it's not impossible, but if you keep being the fixer, why would the other person even try to do a thing? Because they'll just wait for you to be the fixer. And sometimes people aren't looking to be fixed. That it's it's not the 50-50 because people say, oh, we need somebody to compromise. That's bullshit. That's some crap. You are not going to get 50-50. You're looking for someone going to listen, who can repeat back what you said, who cares what you said, who fights fair, and who's willing to compromise on some things. That 50, it's not a percentage. Can can the person listen? Because I don't care how great you are. You can't have a conversation with someone who's not listening. Mm-hmm. You'll never and be all, and only listening to figure out what's in the best interest of them. Right. Like I want to listen so much and I want to feel what you feel. Yes. And if you don't get in your way, you can do it easily. It's human nature. We're humans of nature, right? Yes. yes. And we have natural abilities. Yes. Because yes. we're humans. Stop getting in the way of yourself. Exactly. If you're around a spouse, okay, let's go in a relationship, make it easy for people. Mm-hmm. If you're around a another person of uh, another opposite sex, and obviously if that's something you are attracted to, mm-hmm. at some point, if you don't get in a way of yourself, you both are going to end up falling in love with each other. Right. If you spend enough time mm-hmm. of a common goal, obviously a general interest. But that's the problem with most people. They're not they, they're not conscious of this. No. They're, he's just my friend. <laughs> She's just my friend. Okay, you think so. One of a, one of one of you are thought of it. Right. Right? I mean, it's just human nature, but you have to of course you, those that's where the boundaries are there. Mhm. There's only certain conversations that I actually allow. And I'm talking about three, five people in my life. Right. And those three, five people in my life aren't all family exactly they're family to me though Mm -hmm. because when i say something they're not looking for me to fix them or they're going to one-up me yes and and just derail the whole conversation i hate it really drives me nuts so my challenge to people and i want i'm going to want you to see if you agree to this and i'm sure you do i'm not trying to test myself but say, for instance, and this like the whole thing of isolation in 2020 has forced people to go back alone inside. Yeah. And they're like, this shit, I don't want to be in here by myself. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I don't even like myself. Well, that's a good indication that you need to put in some work. Thank for you. those who you, those who are actually going to manifest the life of their dreams in 2021, 2022, and, and there on are the ones that put in the work and took that time. Facts. And so if you put in that time and put in that work, one test to do this is, is really simple. If it's not making you money or it's not obviously handling your responsibilities and where you currently are at this, this time, great. Cut it off and see who contacts who first. I've actually did a hard test last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> self-elimination. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I didn't realize how many conversations that I was starting. Wow. And I was like, wow. It's true. That was a hard test for me. And you know, to be honest with you, the ones that I thought, I'm going to say my friend, I love them. You can love people right. from a distance, though, and make a choice. Exactly. exactly. 
I mean, I can I can still love you and say goodbye to you at the same time. Exactly. And not tell you that I said goodbye. Oh, naturally. Right. So what would be your advice for someone that says, for instance, they, okay, I went a week and not contacting anybody that obviously is, doesn't, I can still handle my responsibilities in life. Right. Not saying that, you know, you don't pay child support or somebody out there or whatever. <laughs> like if, right. they'll come and get you. So <laughs> it's, it is what it is. Like, so you can handle your responsibility, go to work, pay your bills. That's one surefire way. Not stop paying your bills. You will get a phone call that day oh, or, yeah. or your lights get turned off. <laughs> so, but if you if they put in that self evaluation and putting in a time and start like paying paying very close attention to who's actually really engaged with them and checking in on them, and they get down to like five people, what do you do? You have five people, and I yeah. say that not. I know it sounds really dismissive, and I'm not trying to be dismissive. I'm trying to be real. And sometimes people think they need this group. You don't mm. need a group. You really don't. Five people is really plenty. When people tell me it's I got crowded, it's crowded for me. Thirty great. I'm like, no, you you cannot. I'm sorry, you can't have thirty great best friends. You just can't. You can't. You just can't. You have thirty people, and somewhere in there, there's some best friends, but a lot of them are acquaintances. And it's okay for you to thin out the herd, as I call it, because you need to be surrounding yourself with people who are for you and people who have the same value system or different value system, whatever you like in your circle is fine, but stop feeding the hunger. I got 30 people. See, the, the world is based on quantities. How many mm. followers do you have? How many things do you have? So you think the more people around you, the better you are. You're insulating yourself, but you're not. What you are is you're thinning out yourself so thin if you bother to keep up with all 30 people. Come on, how, many, how can you call? I, got, I ain't got the time. I don't have the time. If you got time to call 30 people in a day, you ain't working on you. You ain't working on nothing about you. So let's thin the herd. And, and it's not about, but I don't want to cut so-and-so off because they've been my friend for Stop. Stop. I hate to tell you this. Some of those people have never been your friends. None of them. All there are, there are certain things called energy parasites. And we don't have to go down this yeah. rabbit hole. Yes. And man, I'll tell you what, it's a hard thing when you realize Ooh. that over 90% of people in your life are sucking the energy out of me. Yes. And I thought we thought I was like, man, I feel like I don't have anything left to give, but I because no shit, yeah. I I come to the realization. No wonder I was ama it's amazing that I was able to operate at a certain level still with no boundaries there. Yes. So like, so say friend, you you touched on something powerful. If you you only have five friends, mm -hmm. that's a hard truth. Because here's what happens. The five people that actually put in the interest and in checking in on genuinely checking in on you and wanting the best for you and believing in abundance, I pretty much an abundant friendship where yeah. you're able to recycle energy because you're it's a give and take, not 50 50. Sometimes it changes for people. Right. So, I mean, relationships are like seasons. <laughs> and I'm talking about just even relate, like even with my mother. I'm looking at my, my father relationship. Sometimes we're talking a lot. Mm -hmm. Other times we're not we're not communicating that much, and at those times, so the other party is not communicating as much, and I can read that and sense that. I can sense it from over a pond. Yes, something's happening right now, and someone's giving me some bullshit. Yep, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, I'm like man. So, but that's the whole thing. But this, my family knows this about me. But with those five people that you wrote down, and you don't, that's not your starting five that you originally and you want in your life. It's not about your needs, wants, and desires. 
It's about what's ready for you and choosing happiness. If you, I'm telling you, I'm going to keep saying it until I'm blue in the face and one day I'm going to turn into a Smurf. <laughs> Choose happiness over everything. Yes. If it doesn't bring you joy, don't do it. Period. I don't like to do it. Why are you doing it? Well, so-and-so expects me to. That's expectations. Mm-hmm. There were zero expectations on you when you were born. Exactly. Perfect example. You were given a brain. Use it. You're giving a heart. You didn't ask for any of these things. Nope. And what if I told you you have everything inside of you right now to live the, the most fulfilled life ever? Because guess what? We all came into this world and we left God and we're all going to go right back to him. Mm-hmm. Some of us are going to be in a better condition. Some of us really not. And it's about hereafter. I'm gonna. I got more work to do. I believe that they say that good. You know, the 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 good die early. Now just have other things to do. Right. They've obviously got to a certain level, an optimal level, wherever they are in life. And of course, there are accidents and whatnot. But there's a bigger picture at play here. Mm-hmm. You don't need to believe in the bigger picture and being bought into it. But that's where faith comes from. Right. Are you, are you, do you believe within your true essence of you, there is bigger, there's something bigger out there? Like my mom, like going through all the crap she's been through, like adopted twice, eight back surgeries, has a morphine pump inside of her body, couldn't walk to have, that's why she has the morphine. She um, has a handicapped daughter that literally when they turned, I'm going to get emotional. When she turned, the night that she passed away, she climbed in bed with her and, until she took her last breath. She mm. was there with her at the beginning of her life, first breath to the last. Mm. And still positive about life. She's here as a vessel. I, I identified that. She's here to serve a purpose. There's probably other things that she's going to be doing in life. She's here to serve purpose. So I'm, the reason why I put so much thought into a lot of things like this, because it's bigger than me. Mm -hmm. This isn't about Kim. No. It's about what can you do as a vessel? So most people are like, I'm going to pray for a million dollars. Stop. Who gives a shit? Exactly. <laughs> Are you looking into numbers and looking at inflation right now? A million dollars is not what it used to be. No. Biggie said it best. More money, more problems. It is true story. <laughs> that is a true statement. Not to mention, show depression in your bank account statement. I see how 100%. it works. 100%. see how it works. Right. I mean, come on, man. I was like, you know, this, all this stuff is just a byproduct of doing the things that you were destined to become. Yes. I was asked a question today, and it was really fun. I'll actually send you a recording of it. I was on Glenn Lundy. Have you met Glenn? Yes. I Have think, you? I think. I'm horrible. We're, we're connected by the same person. That's why I ask. Yes, I think so. I'm horrible with names, great with faces. Yeah, he's a phenomenal individual. So his podcast show just came out live today, and I sent him a message this morning. He's like, hey, I go live. Would you like to come on live? And I was like, yeah, sure. What are we talking about? He goes, I don't know. So he gets on. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was fun. It was a it was a panel, and then we were just having a discussion. And of course, there was like rapid fire asking questions. Well, you know me. I'm, I'm not the one that asked me a crazy question because you might get 
the answer. So yeah. So he was like, "What did you have for breakfast yesterday morning?" I was like, "Success." <laughs> <laughs> Success. <laughs> and cinnamon toast crunch. That's about it. So, but I'm a line though. Do you see my point? Yes. If I'm not a line, I'm gonna think about what do they want me to say. Right. What do the listeners want to say? Let me tell you what you want to hear. Like I ain't got time for that. Yeah, no. I don't have time for that. And the oh. messages that I receive after these types of encounters mean the world to me because like like Chris, you just you made me smile, you made me laugh, and it, I, I needed that this morning. I didn't even know they needed a laugh. Mm-hmm. I could have got on there and talked about like numbers and business and right. KPIs and go to market strategies. Here's how to Here's how to look at this campaign to be able to get to these types of numbers. And I ain't got time for that today. I was just feeling it because mm-hmm. I was around people that have the capacity to be able to handle that type of frequency. Yes. Like, well, I met you, I met a different version of you. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but it's not is, but you met the true me though. Right. It's always going to be the true me. It's just a different version. Right. You, you know, Cause you mentioned something you sometimes over deliver. Mm-hmm. And I see that happen a lot. People trying too damn hard. Yeah. I don't know why I can't get to these numbers. Cause it's not, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. You're trying to get to the number as, as opposed to get to the person. The right. Person. So to, get to the number, but you're so worried about the number. You forgot about the people. Right. I mean, I say this a lot, I mean, What do you do for a living? Change lives, man. That changes for everybody. Yeah. So you mentioned, you mentioned over delivering. What are some indicators for people that are tuning in right now? And it might be a hard truth for them. Mm-hmm. If you can use your spoken word to drive th- that home to them, because they can hear me all the time, but mm-hmm. it might be coming from a different voice and a different tone. They'll hear it. They'll feel it. Okay. So do you over deliver? And some of you are like, what, what, what do you mean by over deliver? So who made you the scapegoat? Who made you the answer to every question? Who made you the black sheep? Who made you the person who has to fix everything? Who made you the cause of the problem? Who made you? Why are you accepting this? Why are you accepting being the cause, the fixer, the problem solver, the everything? Don't you deserve to have some boundaries in your life? When are you going to start putting the boundaries in place? You see, you're over-delivering, trying to cover that hole, thinking if they see you overworking, they won't see you. Mm. But the problem is you are already enough. And if they can't accept you where you stand, they shouldn't be there. You're trying to change an opinion of you that doesn't matter. I'm going to say that again. You're trying to change an opinion of you that doesn't matter by over delivering when you should be working on you for you. It's all about you. It has to start with you. Chemism. Dreams don't need cosigners. Be you, do you, for you. Over deliver for you. Start with you. Analyze you. Figure out why why are you doing that? Why do you feel the need to feed somebody else every single time and though you the one starving? Why do you feel the need to t- make sure that you look a certain way to so-and-so when so-and-so could care less about you? Why do you, f- there's a reason for that need. If you don't pull that weed out and look at the roots, you're just watering it. Hmm. Decide today that you are going to stop the pattern 
I don't care if it was generations, your parents did it, your siblings are doing it, your friends do it. You're going to stop yeah. patterns. Stop. Stop. And you see this happen a lot with cultures. Yes. Certain cultures, I mean, of the eastern part of the world. The western part of the world, a little bit more open and don't really giving a crap what their family says. You see this a lot with children walking through a supermarket. <laughs> they should be getting their ass cut, right? So, <laughs> but the Easter part, obviously, the more obviously that type of culture, uh, there's a lot of trauma, a lot of things are projected onto them and their obviously ancestors. People go, Well, I have my great grandmother, grandmother, well, grandmother, great grandmother, and then great great grandmother. Mm-hmm. And they don't think past those. No. Okay, so let's let's reinvestigate here. Let's look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. How many generations do you think has happened before you actually were born? Right. I mean, you don't need to re- reinvestigate all of them, but just be right. conscious of someone else's pain or someone else's trauma is not your job to fix. Yes. It's their job. Yes. And you just see a lot of codependency. They go, oh, I, I, I'm here to fix. I need to fix. I'm like, who's going to fix you? Right. Who's going to fix you? And I see this a lot. Also, the new word of this this generation is narcissism. Oh. I'm like, you know, and it's the first thing that people say when the other person does wrong by them or yeah. whatnot. Yes. That person is a narcissist. Well, you're now pointing a finger. Right. And pointing blame on something you put yourself in. Mm-hmm. Granted, the other person might have been a little bit more selfish. Right. And gaslighted you in mm-hmm. certain situations, but you allowed that shit to happen. Exactly. I'm telling you right now, I'm prior military. There's certain things that you get away with and certain things you don't get away with. <laughs> and you only learn once. Yes. Not multiple times. Mm-hmm. They keep doing this to me. No, you keep doing this to you. Right. You put yourself in this situation until you are able to hold yourself accountable to that and accept that you are the reason why you're not moving. Exactly. And that's a hard thing for people. I was actually on a stage and I was supposed to be talking about something and I went off. (laughs) I went off. And they were like, whoa. And I was like, listen, man. I said, okay. I said, listen, I'm talking to somebody in this audience. And I know, and I'm not going to look at you. they're They're over there. (laughs) <laughs> they, all they're doing is they're just man hating and woman hating and all kind of shit. Yeah. I have time for it, but I'm telling you, the reason why you're upset is you're mad at yourself. Yep. So I'm gonna buy every one of the last one of you a mirror today. Mm-hmm. I was like, because you know, listen, I might not be perfect, but I own my past. I yes. accept that. Yes. And if you don't accept that from where you are right now, like I don't know where the hell I'm going. I don't know what's gonna be destined for me. I know what I'm manifesting. I know the work. Right. But sometimes, because that's how I'm never going to get to a position in life and going, I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. I'm just never going to stop. No, no, there's no such thing. It's, 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 mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a rolling. <laughs> it, it doesn't, it just keeps moving. Yes. <laughs> like I, I got the perfect example for the ones that I see that are most successful in life. It's not a, te- it's not a reflection of their bank account. Mm-mm. Yeah, if they decided or they chose to put in the effort to earn that type of capital and earn that type of earnings, 
They could. Right. But they much rather choose to be happy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Dep depends on where you are. And sometimes in life, I mean, you look at as a as a poet, just use that as a spoken word poet. Mm-hmm. Not trying to get into the financial side of it. But you're the your net worth is a reflection of the impact of what the world needs at that present moment, not the value of you. Right. So I actually caught someone saying that the other day. The world is a your net worth is a reflection of your value. Eh. No. <laughs> it's the it's the value with the timing of the world what the world needs at the present moment. Exactly. You are not your bank account. You are not your lack of bank account. You are not your situation. Just because you're broke does that mean you are broken? Yes. They do not go together. No, they don't. They, they they can't coexist in your own mind. No. So I'd use the word broke. Like, oh, this person's broke, or if they're broken. That means they chose to quit. Mm-hmm. There's, there's another day. First word I say in the morning is thank you. Thank yeah. you, God. Even if I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, in, you know, obviously, Bismillah, I say first thing I when I wake up in the morning, first thing I say. He chose twice yesterday to keep me alive. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. But we're going to find that out today. And, and by the way, before you go on with your day, I got some things to ask from you. <laughs> and then I worry about myself. But first, I need to do a temp check. Yes. My temp check, right when I wake up, and I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to obviously direct this question to you because I, I would like to hear what your routine is mm -hmm. as a poet. Because obviously, that creativity side, you need to always be tapped into. Yes. And I feel that that's, that's a necessity for me. Mm -hmm. And that's my very first one I do when I wake up. I I don't like pop out of bed and like stand up. I don't I don't want to do that. Yes. I just roll over and I kind of get my feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. That way I'm not laying down. Right. And I put my hands like this, just on my legs, just like calm. Mm-hmm. And I close my eyes, but I keep opening them a little bit because I'm trying to like make sure that my frontal lobe actually fully awakens. Mm -hmm. But I'm also want to see what's in there. Because that's where all the hidden messages are at. That's your subconscious. That's what's actually what's controlling your life. Mm -hmm. And there's certain things that have been happening to me recently in that story and in my vision. Like, why does this person, why does this image keep popping in my brain? I don't know what it looks I don't know who that is. Do hmm. you know what I mean? There's certain businesses, like certain, it's like basically painting a picture of not my future. I don't know whose future it is. I don't know who the person is. Right. There's a group of people, like two or three different people, and they're all I've just felt so amazed to be around them. And I don't know what it was, but I kept feeling it. So then I go through my day, and then once I work on mind, body, spirit, then I got myself together. I take a cold shower, it pops me up, mm -hmm. creativity side of me, and then I then I work on myself. Then I do a brain dump. Yes. And that brain dump is like my way of changing my oil every day, pretty much. It's like, all right, I need to get out all this bullshit, you know, and yeah. change it out. Okay, now I got myself back to neutral. Then I go and start my day. Mm -hmm. But I do that for me first. You have to. There's no phone goes in my room. So do you have something similar that you go through? Because that's where I'm the most creative, to be honest with you, is that time. I have two times. Actually, um, I'm a night owl. So uh <laughs> who, who knew? <laughs> I think most I think most empaths are. I am a night owl. So I'm up 
my house is quiet. Everyone goes to bed before me and I get a lot done then and a lot of writing done. As far as the morning, that is like um, normally late afternoon, close to the morning time when I get up. And first thing is um, I do have my phone because that's my tablet. There's nothing wrong with that. Whatever works for you, right? Yeah. So I said it to somebody if they grabbing their phone and doing whatever they're doing, they took it as a personal insult. Oh, I was no. like, listen, I was like, I don't give a shit. You bring your phone in there. I'm just telling you that I'm going to have an addictive personality. So if I touch my phone, it's the next day I'm going to touch my phone again. So I just know myself. <laughs> exactly. And put in parameters about you because there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Now, I still do need to back away from the phone, but I found that the paper at bedtime didn't work because I'd be writing incoherently and I'd be like, the next one, I'd be like, um, I have no idea what I wrote. Right, who so, knows what that was? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so as a poet, things come all the time. So I have paper in every room and pencil ready to go. And my phone is my to-go-to for bedtime. So uh, bedtime, of course, is my conversation with God. Hello, Jesus. This is what we're doing. Blah, 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 blah. And then in the morning is first of gratitude. It's it's, it's a, mm. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for the family. Thank you for doing what you do because you don't have to do any. That's the part that always gets me. You don't have to do anything, but you brought it with this little girl from Brooklyn who grew up in the projects, who's now doing these things, touching people's lives. Mm-hmm. And it just it just blows my mind. So I'm always grateful for that. And I have to make sure I say I'm thankful for that. 100%. And then, you know, sometimes they'll say, Wait, well, hey, here's a poem. And I'm like, oh, ready. <laughs> and so I, you know, I start to write on my phone, write it down. Or I, there was a poem I was trying to rewrite that last line and then write that. Comes right to you. Just back right. away from it. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's a beautiful ritual. And I've decided long ago to stop writing poems right up to bedtime because then I'll be in the bed going, oh, I should have wrote this. Maybe I can rewrite that. And then, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. why that's why I don't write at night. Yes, don't do I it. I can't write at night um, because I'll I'll be there all night because what I'll end up doing is I can't turn my brain off. Yes. It's like a surrendering. Yes. Like because I I don't have any surrender mm-hmm. inside of me. I have to keep myself busy and I have to wear myself down like I'm a freaking five-year-old child <laughs> of my energy. <laughs> Seriously. So there's like I have to wear myself down to be able to recharge. Right. So typically what I do towards my end of like every night, I think it's around like 9.30-ish at night, I go eat dinner, mm-hmm. spend a little bit of time um, for myself and kind of like, I guess, decompress. Then I come back into my office between 10, like 9.30-ish to around, I always leave my office at 11. Mm-hmm. So when I leave at 11, everything gets turned off, boop, I'm out. So what I've done at that point, I'm mapping out what I need to and I'm getting out all the messages and doing shit that I don't like to do is emails and responding to stuff and I'm being reactive. So that sets my day up. Right. It allows me enough space and time in the morning to work on me. If I don't, I can't turn my brain off. Yes. There's something else I didn't do. Yes. So that's going to drive me insane and I'm going to be up all freaking night. Mm -hmm. There's too much going on in my head. Totally get it. I've been there. I, I don't know, like working out's a big thing. I've lost so much weight. I, so what I usually do is I'm when I'm not irritated or I got things in my mind, I'll go get a bike. Mm-hmm. That bike I have in my in my living and then I ride the hell out of that thing until like I can't I can't think anymore. Right. It's like I'm telling you, like 
working out is the cheapest form of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and the more, and then, you know, to be honest with you, I was a reflection of that. Like Kim, like I got to a certain area in my life that I co- compromised my health for my wealth. Yes. People forget there's three parts. Whew. And then I was like, man, because you hear in your mind, you're thinking, oh, I can just get a trainer. I get right. I've, I've yeah. never been, I've never been he- like overweight mm-hmm. in my life. But I was the most overweight in my life when I was the most wealthy mm-hmm. until obviously now. Right. But I was doing things for other people. I wasn't doing what God told me to do. Right. Was I- it when you do what God tells you to do? You ain't got no room. Yes. And you are aligned. Mm-hmm. And you fit in. Doesn't matter what happens throughout your day. I see it a lot with, you know, like relationships and dreaming bigger. This is how I keep dreaming of the craziest stuff. Yes. People go, there's no way. I'm like, that's a famous last word you ever said to me. Exactly. That's the same thing as say, go get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, People like getting alone on my own thought. People will be scared of what some of the things that I actually am actually building in my head. Yes, they're like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> it's gonna go down." Yeah. And I think that's where also it comes comes with me mentoring people and me because like I think that that's why I love podcasting as much as I do and going to events. Mm-hmm. I'm able to do it a larger capacity, and I'm not seeking. I'm not doing it for a return. Yes, I'm doing it to get it out. Mm-hmm. And once I it's kind of like wearing myself down to a nub and at night, like, ah, oh, I gave enough. Yeah. That's when I know I gave enough is when I can't even like form a conversation in my brain. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you wore yourself down. It's kind of like wearing down a dog. <laughs> 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 like, so I guess like mentoring, let's talk about that before we wrap up. No. I think it's important for people to hear, especially when it comes to, you know, spoken word poets and giving back. Do you view that as a way of giving back? I don't even look at it that way. I think it's okay. Ma- I think it's mandatory personally because okay, perfect, love that. I, I, I don't giving back. I don't. I just if you want, if you love what you do, and you love it, and I don't mean you're loving it. No, I mean love it. You want it to continue. That's mm. why I do haiku and I teach haiku classes and I mentor. I want to see the younger poets way after I'm gone do haikus and senryus and their poems and be passionate and touch people and know how to say it so they can touch people and not just feel because, you know, they didn't have it memorized that it's not perfect and all the, you know, the little things that people look at, the fine fault in what they do. No, Mm. love what you do and find somebody to touch and love on to. Love somebody. Let somebody see the love in themselves. That's what you're trying. If, if you aren't doing that, if that's not your goal, reevaluate what you're doing. You should be trying to leave this world better. So when you leave, mm-hmm. you can, that last exhale will be an exhale of peace. You want to leave in peace, not in pieces. Oh, man. That's so powerful. I felt that. Because I felt like I was on a on a path, and so many other people, and I know this has happened in life. I'll end up in pieces. Yes. And it's funny. The only thing I can actually say. This is over four hundred something days ago. Actually, what I wanted in life was peace. Mm-hmm. 
and I got it. That's the only thing I can actually say. I just want peace. Yes. What do you want? I kept you. Can, I actually have recordings of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, emotional moments. And then you, when you start doing it enough, it's like conditioning. Yes. Like I can turn it on, turn it off. Mm-hmm. Then when you're doing it, looking at mentor, and I love that you said that. It wasn't a trick question, but I just wanted to see where you would go with it. It's like giving back. Well, you're if you're if you're focusing on giving back, what can I do to give back? Then you're taking your attention away from your source. Yes. So it, the people will come to you when they're ready for you, and they'll show up at the point in life where I'm like, I don't know if I can give this person anything. Like, listen, I just want you to be around me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, what you what you feel in your mind and what you feel in your soul that you can help them on, it might might be the reasons why they're coming to you. Right. So let that sink in just for a second, <laughs> because when you were being around new poets, I think that's obviously something that's huge for, especially you, like you're the first, you know, African-American woman in your area for La Corette, in my, if I'm going through my notes in my mind. Mm-hmm. So, and I was looking over to make sure I couldn't find it. I didn't, I didn't know it was, is it just in that area or is it somewhere else as well? Yeah, it's just um, the first African-American Prince William County Poet Laureate. Yes. Okay. Got it. I didn't know if it was in multiple areas. So... That's a huge accomplishment. You've paved the way, Kim. Thank you. You're welcome. For others, you earned it. Success is earned by every step. And every step is an action point, right? So if Absolutely. you think about it, it comes from a it comes from a thought to direct it to a positive outlet. So there's a lot of moving parts before you get to that step. Absolutely. That's why I congratulate people on a baby step. Yes. You have no idea what was happening in here <sighs> before they actually did something. Absolutely. So when you're looking at people, you're paving a way, you're a trailblazer. So when you're trailblazing this path and what people don't understand about trailblazing, you're making it easier for those who are coming up. After. And they're going after. It's like, I paved this path. That might be your, that might be the gift and that might be the fulfillment that you're seeking. Is sitting back, I built this. I did this. But I look at it as, I didn't do it. We did it. Exactly. I look at my family. I look at my surroundings. I look at people that I grew up with. I think everything. I'm like, wow. I, there was a certain time in my life I would say, man, you know, like. Exactly. <clears throat> it is what it is. But I thank them for all the good and bad of whatever. Like, hey, man, I appreciate you and appreciate whatever. And people are, don't know what to say to that. Yeah, they don't. They're not used to genuine gratitude. They're used to gratitude with a hook. Right. I'm like, well, they want something in return. I, I, I do a testimonial for every person that comes onto the show. And I do that because that's my way of giving back and showing appreciation. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to promote this. Right. This is for you. Do what you wish. And some of those, some of those things are so appreciative of that. Where's the catch? There's no catch with me. <laughs> you see is what you get. Exactly. And be careful. <laughs> like so, careful what you ask for, Tell and then you leading that path, and that's where the fulfillment comes from. And you doing all the things that you've accomplished in life. Now you've you've dumped it out. What my point is, it's important to feel like you're emptying out your cup and emptying out your worth, because that's going to hold you accountable and let people allow people to catch up. Yes, my grandfather used to say, and it's so funny. I'm starting and ending with my grandfather and my my granny. <laughs> My grandfather used to say, "Is like, all right, time to go to bed. I'm gonna let the world catch up." 
It's true. I'm going to let the world catch up. I done, I done killed y'all today. <laughs> so, he's a funny guy, man. So, I don't know, man. I guess, you know, Miss Kim, I, I just, I appreciate you. Thank you for holding space with me again. And I'll, and I'm going to be upset with you and I'll be caught my own emotions if we don't keep in touch. Definitely. We will. Please. Um, and there's anything that I can ever do. And of course, we're going to talk about the books just for a quick pop second. You're an author of so many books. <laughs> and there's one book particular. I'm not going to name drop and I'm not going to give it to him right now, but I'll, I'll let him read it one day. Mm-hmm. But there's all the books that you've written and all the things you've done. Which ones are you the most proud of, do you think? Wow. Definitely my first book, which is on parent alienation. Mm-hmm. And that one was a, a personal, I don't know what you want to call it. Personal, my personal story is in there in my first marriage and how that didn't work out because I, I had to identify the situation because if you don't tell people that you came from a place of hurt, they automatically think you can't talk to hurt people. Hurt people can talk to hurt people. And guess what? Well, people can talk to hurt people too. Anyway. But um, it talks about that um, pain I went through through my divorce and how I was tempted to keep the kids back away from my ex-husband at the time because, you know, he was on my nerves. He hurt me, blah, 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 blah. But the kids needed to see their dad. Mm-hmm. So that one is really special to me because it was the first one. And it's a personal journey. And I was really trying to get to women to understand that your hurt and pain cannot be transferred onto your children. Don't use them as pawns. This is not a game of chess. This is a game of life. And if you teach hate you cannot limit its use. If you teach hate, you cannot limit its use. So be very careful when you're trying to get your kids to hate the dad, you're trying to get the kids to hate the grandparents, you're trying to get the kids to, you don't want that game of chess. None of us are that good, Hmm. nobody. And the person that loses is the children. So as a woman who was hurt at the time, who didn't want to see that man for a long time, I get it, but you can't let your pain rule your life. Your children need you to be their parent, not the piece on your chest of revenge. So that one will always be special. My latest poetry book is special because I love it. It's my most recent one. It has a hundred haiku in it, but that first book will always be my baby. That first book. I believe, and I'm going to, and I've actually not put up feelers. I've sent a couple of messages. I'm connected on the, the educational side, obviously with trade schools and, and general counsel and whatnot. You know how they have like t- pamphlets or books for people that have to co-parent and they're not able to stay for whatever reason, good or bad on whatever side, whoever's at the fault doesn't really matter. Right. It's both of you's fault. Mm-hmm. So, if you have to co-parent and you have to go down that road and it's fine. I mean, your job is to be the best parent you can be for your child at that moment. But then it, I think they should give that book away for both people to understand that. Listen, you know what you don't heal. You're going to dump onto the other person. Absolutely. Indirectly or directly. Either way, it's going to happen. Listen, even all the work that I've done in self-reflection and self-discovery and all, at some point, I'm pretty sure my child's going to be sitting on a freaking couch and be like, my father was an asshole. <laughs> Do you see my point? Mm-hmm. So none of us get out alive and none of us are perfect. No. But it, what? how well can you play your hand? Right. 
And if you're using people, and that's the whole thing, using for your own benefit, you're blocking off your you're blocking off the your gifts and the things that Allah or God is going to give you. Sacrifice is everything. Yes. And the more that you actually understand, like, so I'm fighting for the greater good of humanity, not the greater good of me. Exactly. This unlimited. So, I mean, I might not see the return yet, but at some point, and I mean, of course, and I hold myself accountable, and I love that you wrote this book, and we'll get on to the other one. I, it just, you touched home. And, and to be honest with you, I, I don't have any hate in my heart. I don't have nothing in there other than just pure joy and love. And, you know, it is what it is. It doesn't really matter to me about situations or who, what, when, why, how. Like, I don't have time for that diagnostic shit. I've already figured me out. So you can figure out whatever you need to figure out. But I'm figuring out, all I'm going to do is focus on this. And my this is what I can control, my bubble. Yes. My internal log is a bad mamma jamma. <laughs> so, and it's protected. It wasn't protected before. There's been times in my life that I've done, I projected hurt onto other people because I never showed up and, and, and allowed myself to take it in and actually be able to recycle it. And this happens in, in any type of life. But talk a bit about the other book. I think it's so beautiful. Thanks. And it's actually so commending actually for especially a woman that's been hurt to think outside the box and say, oh, you know what, this is my way of holding myself accountable. Yes. And I think that's beautiful. Well done. That's I, I, You're welcome. Well done. Talk to me about the other one before we head off. I know I, there's so many, right? <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> The last one I uh, released in December, I think it was, last year. And that one has 10 poems, 10 chemisms, and 100 haiku. And that's my latest one. I just love it. It's called My Poetry is the Beauty You Overlook. And the first one is called How to Love Your Kids More Than You Hate That Man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the title's funny, you know, yeah. like, it's because it's just true. Right. It's and you can look and you can relate that at any in you. OK, if you're actually aren't blocked off mentally. Yes. And you're not so ancient in your thinking. One, two, not blocked off. And you're not feeble minded, I guess you would say. Mm hmm. If you look at that book, you can look at any situation. Or it doesn't matter if it's talking about a woman or a man. Or if you look at the hidden message of what it's actually saying to you, it has nothing to do with who's right, who's wrong, what feelings, emotions. It has nothing to do with that. It's forcing you to look at outside of yourself for you to make the right decision based on what you can control. That's the message. Bingo. Like you didn't write a child analysis book. You wrote a self-reflection and being accountable to actions and inactions that led them to a present moment book. Yes. The title sold it though. <laughs> the title was great. <laughs> the title was great. But anyways, but yes, of course I look at every person that comes onto the show and I invite them on as a, as a lifelong friend. And I know that this will be the case. Yeah. If there's anything that crosses your desk, book a business in the future across your mind on anything that I can ever do for you. Just please let me know. Thank you. I, so, I, I appreciate you so much. I really do. I appreciate you as well. All right, guys, be you, be well, be great, <laughs> man. 
I'm at, I think that I have to like I'm forcing my staff to really put a lot of notes in there. A lot of other things that you reference and analogies There's so much that we unpack today. If you're listening to this and you would like to learn more from Kim, we'll put it all into show notes. Uh, we will also add you to the texting app 843-396-2104 for those who are in the U S or Canada. Texas to that community, Texas as well as to Kim. So that way we can add you to the the keywords. And that way when people do submit feedback, we're able to share that with you inside a Texan community. And you'll be able to respond and stuff. It'd be pretty cool. Guys, other than that, peace out. Much love. Take care. This broadcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.